10 and verse 35. I'm so glad that the weather has finally decided to change. Amen. Amen. I'm so tired of that stinking devil. It's called winter. And everything he drags around called snow and ice. Amen. I'm so glad God's people are no longer oppressed. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you need not, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he shall come, he shall come, will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, and if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. I want to preach to us tonight, ending the battle with faith. Amen. Can we lay our Bible down and ask God to touch us and minister to us tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. We worship you today, Master. We ask you, God, to minister to each and every one of us, God. Every meet in this house, God. We ask you, God, to touch it specifically, Master. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Ending the battle with faith. Some of us today have been around church and living this life living with God and having him a part of your life for some time. But some may not know when you're in a battle or not. Some of us may uh, just be going through our, wor our worship and our daily life with God. And you may not know if you're in the battle. You may feel some oppression. But if you hear anything other than the voice of God, somebody's on your trail. Somebody is coming after you. If you hear anything other than God's reassuring voice, Somebody's trying to drag you down. Somebody's trying to tell you to quit and turn it in and say you can no longer do this. Saints of God, there's no glory in giving up on this battlefield tonight. There is no glory in saying I've done, I'm throwing in the towel, and this is not for me, and too much is required of me. There's no glory in it. I've walked on battlefields, and I've went up on the beaches of Normandy, and I've went up to the tombstones, that are ivory white and put my hand on them and said, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, for everything you've done. Thank you, sir. But saints of God, when you give up, there's not a marker that says, here lies a hero. There's no glory. There's no one that says, hey, I gave up. But there's the saints of God that went through the battle and said, God, walk with me every step of the way. Because the little secret that the devil just doesn't like us to know is every battle we walk through, there is a victory waiting on us to arrive in. There's a victory waiting for us to go and claim that prize and say, I've done it. God gave me the strength. We can walk through this valley. It was Stephen who, while he was preaching the wonderful defense would because his last sermon that he preached referred to the children of Israel as being led by Moses as the church in the wilderness. And at first glance, sometimes it's hard to compare us 
to the church in the wilderness, but there's some things that we look at and we say they traveled on sand and we have carpet and they have slavery. And, you know, here in the nation of the United States, we don't have slavery. It's been abolished and banned. And, and they may say, well, we have a primitive agriculture that they were a part of. And here we are in the technology age. And you may say, well, they had so many different things than us, but there's so many things that apply they may have had the Mosaic law, but we have Calvary that we live towards. But there's some things that apply. They were in slavery in Egypt because they were born into it. We may be free in the legal sense, but we were all born into a spiritual slavery. We were all born and walked into this world, and no matter how clean the words that we said, we may never said a filthy word in our life, we're still born a slave. Just as Egypt has a hard taskmaster. The world has uh, an equal taskmaster over each and every one that abides there. Just as the ancient Israel needed a deliverer, we are all born in the need of a Savior. We are all in desperate need of a Savior. Just as there was a Passover lamb that was killed and the blood applied for redemption from the judgment of God and freedom from Israel, just as we need the same lamb of God that was slain and that precious blood applied to each and every one of our lives, getting free from sin is a filthy business. It's not all glamorous, and you don't always get to do things how you want to do them, but God set out rules and things that we must do of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. It's just not as easy as walking in and saying, here's my card and my name on it. Put me on the church roster. But you got to be washed in his blood. you got to get rolled up and in filthy of it. Let it just pour over you and say, now I feel something different. you got to be baptized in that name, the name of Jesus. you got to get wet, not just to sprinkle. It's dirty business getting free from this world of sin. Pride will keep many people from getting loose from things in their life that plague them and hunt their trail and scream things in their ear and tell them you're of defeat and you no longer have the power and the will to get through this valley or this trial. But God is there every step of the way. This is not a new message. It's one that the Apostle Paul preached fairly regularly and he brought it to the surface of the matter and says we have quite a bit of common with a church in the wilderness. We have quite a bit of common with these men who walked on before us and the ladies that walked on before us. And the, the stories in the Bible will just be a distant or irrelevant when you look at them at face value and we try to say, I'll read the scripture and I'll look at it as a story. And we, and we say, oh, well, it's nothing but just a story. And you can go in hospitals and you can walk in the doctor's offices and you go in the rooms and there's a Bible storybook that's been placed there by the religions and, and the people that go in there that sponsor these hospitals and run them. People view them as just a story. And saints of God, we would be remiss if we apply those same principles and say, it's just a story that's unattainable. It's just a God that others serve that I pray to. It's just someone that I've heard about or they preach about. But when you apply it to your life, the common denominator is everybody was touched by the hand of God. Moses, just a man, touched by the hand of God. Abraham, a man, touched by the hand of God. David, Joshua, Elijah, Elisha, and the list goes on and on. Just men of God, touched by his hand. It's easy to say, I'm just Douglas. I'm just an individual. I have my family. But when you have the hand of God touch you, Every one of these scriptures can apply. 
When you have God's hand on you, everything that God promises applies. It's not just a story. If you pick up your Bible and you read through Numbers, you'll find even more things in common. God gave Israel a pastoral leadership, a system of shepherds and a way to guide them and the pastors and the preachers that guide us each and every way. As a mere what pastor has said, what marvelous preachers that we have in this assembly blessed of men that follow God. And there was a part of God's plan. It's not here just for a position, but it's a part of God's almighty plan. The goal was to take the people and put his word inside of them and spirit within them and take them to a promised land. God's plan today in mirror of that is to take each and every one of us, put his word in us, and take us away with him. Not just to walk your 70, 80 years and say, I'm done. It's all about eternity. It's all about things that we don't know of and, and a place that we want to get to and worship our king and our master and throw our crowns at his feet. We may think all we can wander in the wilderness as the, the children of Israel did and for 40 years and, and we'll just wander and do our thing. No saints of God. It's not the will of God for his children today to wander in the wilderness. He's given us the tools of the trade. He's given us a spirit to walk with us. The next step is the one that God wants to give us. It's called revival. It's something that he wants to give us. He's dying to give us. He died to give us. It's all a matter of your perspective. Do you want to be touched by the hand of God? Or do you want to just stay an ordinary church with a steeple? God wants to touch us. We must go through this battlefield and end it with faith in our hand. Churches today are just like the children of Israel. They grumble, have a church meeting all the time. Well, we're not happy with the music and we're not happy with the outreach program. We're not happy with the Sunday school teacher. We're not happy with the pastor. And let's vote someone in. Let's make a new change. And the children of Israel grumbled and it cost them. The promised land. Saints of God, there's no place for the saint of God to grumble and complain. Should be worship as pastor was talking. Should be worship that changes our perspective and taking the, the, vis the vision off of things that are happening around us and placing them in the almighty God and saying, God, everything is in your hands. It's all about you today. We're missing the point of just being touched by the hand of God, Pastor, when we get so caught up in the things around us and she's doing that and he's doing that and they're not doing that and she's not doing that. Saints of God, it's all about how God wants to orchestrate his church, not how you think it should happen or how I think it should happen. Calvary paid a price for us all to get to revival. Let's just follow the leading hand of God and see where it takes us and just be touched by the almighty hand of God. Now grasp something from all of this. The tragedy of their story, the church in the wilderness. The tragedy was not necessarily that they had all this stuff happen. The tragedy was how they found it all this ended up. Because at the end of the matter was all at the end of the day and the end of the trek. And after everything was all wrapped up, there was only two of them that didn't lose their faith. Only two of them that came back and gave a different report than all those that went. Saint of God, every one of us, we would love to go through something called revival and see every face that's here tonight a part of this. But statistics say it won't happen. We've seen families come in and out. People come in and out. Statistics say that
people's going to come in and sit down. They're going to wash out. They're going to find themselves on a battlefield. And they're going to say, I've had enough. And they will never, ever see the revival. We must never, ever say it's okay to doubt the promise of God and say, well, it's just not meant to be here in Olathe. That is a lie from the very pit of hell. Revival was promised by God. And if I remember correctly, he's the one who created this universe. He's the one who made everything out of nothing. What is just a small task for him to say revival in Olathe, revival in Gardner, revival in Shawnee, revival in Manexa, and every other place around this metropolitan area. God is able and willing to do it. It's all about our perspective. Have we given up? Have we sat down and say, I guess I won't have a tombstone beside me that they'll say there's glory and given up, but saying of God there's revival at our footstep. It's all about how we reach out and we say I'm going to fight one more time. I'm going to swing the sword one more time. I'm going to fight this devil one more time. One foot in front of the other. And every time I'll hand out a church card, every time I'll invite someone to the house of God, it's every time you're fighting this battle, they're trying to discourage you from saying, oh, don't do it. Fold that up and put it in your pocket. No one wants to see that. There's no glory in giving up. They had more faith in the report of doubt than the one that expressed belief. The children of Israel said, hey, it's not meant for us. We're just little grasshoppers in their sight. We're not going to be able to seize this land, this promised land. But there is two. And those that say that they have no faith even today do not accurately represent the matter with new life. Those that say it's always been this size and they've always had this amount of people don't accurately represent the matter at hand tonight, saints of God. Their vision is skewed. They're already on their knee pulling out their white flag of surrender on the battlefield of life. None of them are seeing the victory that lies ahead. They have been relying on the report of doubt instead of the one that expressed belief in revival and God's spirit being poured out and families being saved and saints of God walking in as new and sitting on these pews and saying, this is what I was looking for. They believe the report of doubt. The end result, the ending of the ancient Israelites was their inability to enter into the promised place that God had for them to live. In a more distant, they completely lost out with God. They began with such great faith in God and trust in the Almighty in leaving Egypt. If you can only imagine people being oppressed, someone who's beat them down, their taskmasters, no doubt they said in their mind and they said it out loud, that person will never whip my back again. No doubt they said it again. I'll never make a brick for the Egyptians again. But that was the same person that walked up and said, my God can't deliver me to this promised land. That was the same person that expressed doubt in the ability of God. Saints of God, we sit here today with empty spots scattered out through this house tonight. 
It would be easy for us to say, oh, we came out of revival of however many weeks and God done mighty things and souls got filled with the Holy Ghost and new people came in and say, oh, devil, you're never going to beat us down again. We're marching through victory in a revival. But some of those people are here tonight. It would be easy for us to say, well, I guess revival wasn't meant to be in new life. It would be easy to believe that doubt, the report of doubt, but saints of God, God has other plans for this assembly. God has other plans for this church. God has other plans for you and for me. It's called revival being poured out in his name for his glory. Oh, for him to say, look what I've done in the city of Olathe. Look what I've done in all the surrounding cities. You could say I'll give up. You could say we'll never see it. You could say I've been here for 20 years. You could say I've been here for 10 I could say I've been here for almost three years. It'll never happen. But I'm not going to believe that report. I would be selling my life short, my walk with God, for me to say God cannot and will not do this. The message to you is simply today. Despite the similarities between Israel and the church today, in the wilderness they walk through, you may say, well, it's been a while since we've had someone pray through and we've only baptized a handful. That is just the trickle before the stream and then before the dams burst open and then before waters you can't hold back and it begins to wash away the sins of the city and every friend, every relative, every person that God has promised he's going to fill with the Holy Ghost. You can't hold God's revival back. You can say, oh, it's, that's somebody else. That's not God. But saints of God, today we can pour out a glass of water and it be done. But when God pours out his spirit, there is no stopping it. There is no turning back. I don't want to ever turn back and say, God, that's too much revival. That's too much change. I say, God, bring it on. Pour it out in this house. Change his soul like you. Let somebody else sit in my pew. Let somebody else preach in my slot. Let somebody else sing my song and play the piano. Let somebody else get my spot in the altar. Let them get my parking spot. God, just fill this place up. You can get mad if you want to. You can believe the report of doubt. The Bible has something to say about that. Just grabbing a verse of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Saints of God, we must take heed so that we can end up differently than they did. The, all, the difference is we must take heed and end this battle in faith. We must end with a faith full in God Almighty and with being on fire for him. We cannot end as they ended in misplacing our faith in the doubt, in the report of disbelief and unbelief. We cannot be as the church in the wilderness, but we must be the church that's on fire, set up on a hill for others to see us. We must be as someone that looks out and says, look at that church up there. They preach the absolute truth of the word of God. Rather, if we are to have a different ending, the ending is they. It must begin how we resolve to end up spiritually. Saint of God, you may be going through a valley, a battle tonight. It'd be easy to throw in the towel, but you must end this battle with faith in God. Not in yourself, not in anybody else's, but faith in God. 
Faith that he is the one who orders and structures and puts the will of God together for each and every one of our lives. The ones that says, listen, I don't care what the children of Israel did. It's, it's something they did. But God says, listen, things are going to be different for you if you'll make up your mind. If you'll make up your mind and say something's going to be different about me, I'm going to end in faith. No matter what has happened or what is going to happen, the last word is God's word. No matter how many things you have pinned out and written out and the things for your life, if you're not walking in the will of God, the last word is God's word. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, and that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Let the written word of God fully illuminate your heart and spirit today. The words that the writer says, do not throw away your confidence. Because if your confidence is lost, it is a matter of us discarding it. If you were truly delivered from your sins of your Egypt-like past, then there was a time you felt confident that things between you and God were right there was a time when you worship with confidence that God would respond to that worship. There was a time that when you came to church full of confidence that God would orchestrate things so that you would be blessed and grow further in him. There was a time that you prayed for the sick with the confidence that they would recover. There was a time that you shook a new person's hand with the confidence that it would only be a matter of time when they would truly repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and be filled with the Holy Ghost. God has that confidence that he can give you. You shouldn't have to rely upon the confidence of the pastor when he does this or when he says, does anybody have a need in the house tonight? It shouldn't just be his that leads you today, but it should be the confidence in an almighty God that says he's fought every battle before me. He'll fight this one again. He's always met me on the battlefield and handed me my weapon of choice. God is there for us today to fight the battles. Too many people only hold on to such confidence for a brief time and then they throw it away it becomes old hat they don't see it exercised a little bit of rust begins to formulate on that tool oh, it has no value one of the most precious things to do is to take something that's old and deteriorated and watch it get restored otherwise people wouldn't do it to cars and houses memorabilia objects of this world but the one of the most beautiful things that you could ever see i remember seeing it so vividly so clear on this one lady i watched get filled with the holy ghost she came in pastor i never seen such hard wrinkles and look in her face it was just life was so hard this lady stood there and she was just shuffling at the altar and could hardly talk and people began to pray with her and she began to open up her heart and you could tell she was trying to work through this newness of talking to someone who she thought wasn't there people get to rally around and pray and lay hands and watch God begin to do a work and tears begin to stream down her face and I sat there and watched her open her mouth and then just throw every inhibition everything that she held back just throw open the doors of her heart and begin to just talk to God and I watched as God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And I could not believe the years 
God just wiped off her face. It was just as a new person was standing there. It just began to bawl, and my eyes just began to just, there was a lot of onions in the church that night. Got to the fields, right to the heart. And you say, you know what? She went 40, 50 years, and God took it all away in just a matter of seconds. And it became, you know what, God, you're so real. You're not just a story. You're more than just an old story. Because you can, and you do, and you will, and you long to. But some people just want to put God at arm's length and say, where's my little surrender towel? Devil, you've talked me into it. But saint of God, we must end this battle full of faith. We must end it in our hearts saying, God, you did it for them, you're going to do it for me. You promised to the children of Israel and you delivered the two. You promised to every person the stories we read and you brought people and gave them life and you gave them the Holy Ghost. You did it for them, you can do it for me. And it's amazing to look back over my own personal life, being raised in this, but the devil still had his mark on me. He still... He still worked on me every day. He still took his tools and hacked away at everything that God was trying to do in my life. But it was such a blessing, such a beautiful moment when I threw my hands in the air and I said, God, everything that's there, it's yours. And he washed away 16 years of this world. And I began to thank that God, how can I thank you? Just in the battle in faith. When you don't have the words to say to the Almighty God. When you step out on the balcony and you look up in space and you see stars twinkling millions of miles away and you see the moon millions of miles away and you don't know how this little marble was placed there. You don't know how you can thank him enough. Just in the battle in faith. Saying, God, you can take care of me. Saying to God, if you're discouraged, things just aren't going your way. God can do it for you. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 37 says, For yet a while, for yet a little while, and he shall come, will come, and will not tarry. And now the just shall live by faith. And if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. For we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but unto them that believe to the saving of the soul. Listen to the words of God. The just shall live by faith. My righteousness, one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. If you want God to be pleased in you, you must end this battle in faith if we could stand tonight. Let that final verse ring through your life and your heart and say, God, I show up to church, but is it full of faith? I get down on my knees and I say your name, but is it full of faith in your ability? I lift my hands and I say, Pastor, would you pray? But is it in the faith of the ability of God? Are you trusting that your pastor will take it to God for you? We must have the ability to say, God, you've done it once. You can do it again. We will be of those who have faith and preserve their souls. We will end this battle, this walk in faith. One last passage of scripture. It's a simple message of hope and encouragement today, saints. End it in faith. Professing faith is the easy part. The ending part is the hardest and the most important part. It's easy to say, all right, I'm going to do this. But it's the follow through. 
Pilots will tell you the hardest thing to do is to get the plane back on the ground safely. The taking off part, aerodynamics and mechanics take care of. They can do it by autopilot. The most complex thing, saints of God, is sticking with this and walking in faith. 1 Peter 1 and verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith and salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in the heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried of fire, might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. After the profession of faith comes the trials that test you. As I said, if you're hearing a voice other than God's, it's the devil talking to you, saying, just give up. They're crazy, it don't matter. But saying of God, we must get through this. We must be the ones that say, I still have my faith intact. Faith that cannot stand through the trials is really not faith at all. Faith that hasn't been gilded by the hand of God through a trial and turned into a testimony is not really faith at all. It was confidence in yourself and of the things of this world. We must have faith in God. Every situation you walk to, every valley you walk through, everything that's facing you today, you must have faith in God that he'll take care of it. Peter talked about it. The Apostle Paul talked about it. Jesus talked about it. Anyone can profess faith, but it's only those who faith that has lasted. It's only those that have the gray hairs, went through valley after valley, battle after battle, and said, he's always been there. He's always handed me the tools that I needed to get through this battle. He's always been the one that allowed me to make it through the end. Real faith endures the test of trying. Can we lift our hands and talk to him tonight? Hallelujah, Master. We need you tonight, Master. I want you, God, to give us the tools each and every time, God. You see the needs. You see the battles they go through, God. You see every valley that they're walking through right now. You see the feeling. God, you handed them the tools in the beginning. Maybe they become dull and diminished and corroded and things just don't look the same anymore and, and things just don't have the same excitement and the same draw and desire, Master. Give us that desire to be filled with you, God. That faith and desire, Master, to be changed by your hand. Let's talk to him tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, saints of God, let's talk to the Lord together. Let's talk to him together. I want to hang on to my faith. I'll tell you, any one of us could lose our faith unless we purpose to hang on to it. Jesus told Peter, Simon, Satan has desired to have you, to, that he might sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith doesn't fail. Hallelujah. I don't want my faith to fail. I don't want my faith to fail. The Apostle Paul said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course and I have kept. I've kept my faith. Hallelujah. That's it. Let's gather in. Let's gather in. Hang on to that faith. God's going to see you through. God's going to see you through.